0: Hello and welcome to the Lock-In Podcast. This is episode 35. My name is Conor Mwienichan and I work for Black Knight. We're the domains and web hosting company based in Carlo. We're also a broadband supplier now and if you want to find out more about that go to blacknight.com forward slash broadband. But that's all we're going to talk about our business for today because we're here today to talk about business, yes, but not specifically ours, uh, others in general. And I'm delighted uh, to welcome the CEO of uh, County Carlo Chamber, Brian O'Farrell, onto the show as my guest today. Brian, you're very welcome.
1: Thanks very much. Cong, delighted
0: to be here. Uh, Brian, I'm, I know we're just looking down the road uh, to talk to you in a way, but in a way, I think uh, that uh, your experience and what you can say really uh, would be reflected by uh, chambers uh, across the country, chambers of commerce across the country. You guys are all in touch with you and with each other, I presume, anyway. And uh, I imagine that the difficulties faced by SMEs in particular, retailers, not only retailers, but other uh, companies, manufacturing and other companies companies that are trying to manage uh, their uh, business, trying to deal with the restrictions of pandemic and work remotely in many cases, as well as selling online. Um, it's challenging. What are what are you uh, hearing from your members and from uh, chamber uh, people around the country?
1: Uh, Noel, you are, you're right. Um, the County Carole Chamber, we're one of 44 affiliated chambers in Ireland. Um, and actually we meet up normally at least twice a week via Zoom, um, to have a chat and to go through what the different issues are. So because, yeah, what are the issues in Carlo versus Sligo versus Kerry? There's a lot of crossover, mm. you know, and even the border counties, you'd see where Brexit has been impacting quite a bit differently. You know, it's interesting to hear the different challenges there. I think where a lot of businesses are at the moment is wondering when we're going to be able to come out of this current phase of restrictions. There's a lot of businesses want to get their doors back open, want to get back operating, because we've been through this process for so long now. Cash reserves in a lot of cases are depleted mm-hmm. or just about depleting. Um, you know, businesses don't want to be taking on the burden of extra debt. and um, so cash flow and liquidity is key. And they want to try and get back to being able to support and the customers and the communities. Mm-hmm. have been there for them to support them for years and that's one of the key challenges that i think a lot of businesses have in the current thing you know because it's so unclear when they can actually physically open
0: doors and and that's a a kind of supportive relationship really Brian isn't it that has to go both ways Um, I know I live in a rural area I make a point of uh, supporting my local shop Uh, there's one shop in particular which wasn't uh, when I moved here first uh, the shop wasn't there and then when it did open up um, it uh, really became a a great resource for the community an opportunity Uh, it meant I had to drive um it, it meant it meant a 10 mile shorter drive if I was caught, for example, looking for petrol or something like that. And it made a big, big difference in that way. So I think that local communities in rural areas, in urban areas, um understand the value of if they want to have the services locally that local businesses provide uh they need to support those local employers and indeed their their staff uh, as well who are all part of the community they're supporting wages uh for staff and and for community members. so I think that's an understanding um do you find from your members that that goes both ways?
1: You no, know, it is definitely because you know they are they key in a part of the community in so many ways. And the last thing we want to do is to be going. And we've seen how globalization has made so many changes, you know, and uh, we've, you know, the other side of the world is so near, yet still so far away. Mm. Um, and that has impacted heavily on the high street, as we, uh, you know, as we note. Mm. where a lot of um, there's a lot more vacant premises on high streets across the country now than there was 10 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, because it's easier to get pro- a certain product if you want, from so far away but I think this whole pandemic it has has brought that home to people about the importance of local and the availability of uh, products locally mm-hmm. but it's also the production of products locally which is key as well and you've I, I know it is one thing we've seen as well is a lot of new startup companies potentially looking at trying to produce products at home mm-hmm. rather than importing that as well. So there's a lot of opportunities that can be gained from this. We were just... Um
0: we, we, we were just talking uh, Brian, um, we're, we're recording this on Thursday, we're going to publish it on Friday uh, but uh, today Thursday the uh, .ie domain registry has just published the second of its tipping point surveys uh, now these are very interesting, they've surveyed 1, 000, uh, and a thousand consumers and 500 SMEs across the entire country uh, with a fairly representative sample uh, as I understand it uh, they've worked with an organisation called Digital Business Ireland but um, one One of the points uh, that they've made in in relation to that is that Irish companies, small businesses, local companies... Uh, in the light of pandemic and in the light of Brexit have specific advantages and specific strengths. They may not have the resources of Amazon or anything like that but they're just down the road and can get get the product to you pretty quickly. Um, It's it's very interesting and I'll I'll, uh, send you a link to it later on to have a look at but one of the key things they said is that local businesses have special strengths when it comes to serving local customers. One of those is that they're on the doorstep uh, and that they can uh, very easily get things to be People, and especially things that are produced uh, locally. We've seen uh, consumers get uh, an eye opener uh, in relation to Brexit uh, when they find uh, that extra customs and VAT duties need to be paid.
1: And it is, you know, because a lot of local uh, retailers, mm. they can transfer, you know, the customer service that we're used to. Yes. Into the online because of the fact they're there on the doorstep, yeah. you know, and, and if you have an issue, they're there beside you. Whereas in a lot of, I suppose, distant uh, transactions, you're ending up, you could be dealing with uh, you know, a chat function on screen. That's never going to be the same. and It's never going to be able to bring it in. And I suppose one of the big things that we've got to remember is, and we've seen a huge growth in the number of local businesses that have developed an online presence, which is great. But the one thing they've got to remember is, once they create that online presence, they are now on a humongous high street, mm. which is totally different to the high street that mm. they're used to being on. You know, if you walk down the high street now and there's maybe 50 doors, you are bound to see everywhere. Yes. Now they're on a high street with half a million doors. Yes. You know, and that's been a very conservative thing. Yeah. And it's trying to make sure that your shop front is noticed mm. unless con knows to specifically go for your domain. And that's kind of one of the challenges is to bring them forward.
0: Yeah. Well, and, the, and the
1: other challenge across the country on this as well, as I was talking to a business yesterday and he said they were looking at and are do, uh, doing some of the groundwork towards developing an online site and present uh, shopping that for their business. He said, but they're having issues with actually getting proper connectivity in their area. Broadband is something we're working on as well. We're surveying at the moment across businesses and personal. That's um, right. And yeah. we've also, uh, I was only speaking with Joel Lavin as well from National Broadband Ireland, because Mm -hmm. we're uh, going to host a meeting with NBI for members Mm. to look at, because there is just a lot of specific challenges in that there. That's Uh, right. You were were talking about that last week. Yeah, he said that if there's one real thing that has come out of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. is a lot of the local providers, Mm. they have really come to the fore and been doing a huge job and they've uh, they've been a more consistently and a stronger service for a lot of their customers than some of the national providers. And that's one of the things that they've found in uh, the work that they've been doing. And
0: you're surveying people in Carlo. I know you asked uh, to, to get yeah. feedback to, in order to uh, to be able to lobby on behalf uh, of Better Broadband in, in the region. Uh, and we've uh, we've been sharing your survey as well and, and uh, trying to spread the word. It's a very, very good cause and a very, very good uh, work to do uh, indeed as well. Now, I'm going to ask you in a minute about a specific initiative. It's one that you'd mentioned to me uh, to me before a couple of weeks ago you announced it it's live now um it's called LoveCarlo.ie, and uh, i'm going to ask you about what that does specifically but first uh brian what have uh, can i just ask you are, are many of your members um i would say working to get online or to add an online or a blended aspect to their business is it something you're hearing a lot about
1: it is just a uh, there's been a huge development of it i know one of the things we worked quite hard with was to get them to engage with the local enterprise office as well on the online trading vouchers yeah. which is a great way to do it but we've seen a huge growth in development of online shops uh but even just developing an online presence you know and having something that's more than a facebook page mm-hmm. but you know it, because it is is key it, can say a lot more about their business. And I think it's one of the things that we've been encouraging businesses to make sure that even if it's, you know, depending on what their products or services are, Mm. that they develop at least a landing page that can give an introduction to who they are. Because you want to have that window into what you can do and how you can do it. And it's a great resource to have. You know, one of the things is, yeah, you want to monitor it and make sure you update it. But I think it's something that every business should have an online presence in in, in that form because, you know, the power of some of the search engines you think that are there at the moment, and if you just search for landscaping in Carlo, what that can throw up. And, you know, it's using those keywords and it's reminding businesses about the power of that.
0: And uh, this new project, uh, I think, um, from what you were telling me, Brian, is a little bit about reminding uh, Carlo people and local people in this community. I think there's a lesson here for other communities as well about what's available in their own area. Tell me, what is Love Carlo? How did you get it off the ground, and uh, uh, how can both businesses and consumers benefit from it?
1: Love Carlo started out as a project uh, back in 2016 from the chamber. And, uh, you know, we've had a number of different um, areas that we were working on the, in the past and focusing on regeneration and trying to develop the town. We're currently, the new phase of it, we're redesigning the whole website. Um, and it's about developing, a, in one way, a directory of every business in the county, whether you're a plasterer, true to a bricklayer, true to an electrician or a multinational company. It doesn't make a difference. We want to get everybody listed there. Because like as I mentioned earlier, just because you develop a website mm. doesn't automatically mean that people are going to flock to you. People need to find a website. Mm. Uh, what we, we want to do is, Lovecaro has a strong following already and we're looking to develop that further. But this will have searchable by the county but also searchable by areas. So if you're in Ballin, or you're in Radvilli and you're looking for a specific expertise, you could search for it in that way. Um, and that's one of the key things because it's about highlighting Caro is open for business and the variety of businesses that we have because it's one of the biggest assets in the county mm. is the range of expertise we have. Um, and it's, it's you know, and it's to harness that so much more to remind people right across all the communities about that. And mm. um, so we want to get some of the communities involved in different ways into it as well. But the big thing is to develop this resource you know and on the other flip side of it the chamber of commerce one of our big projects as well that we've been running for a number of years and we uh, won the award for last year is chamber trade connections and that's about building international uh connections for to uh, uh, help businesses in Carlo expand where they trade internationally and through having this wider resource of all the companies it can help us as well to strengthen, uh, you know, what we're doing on that uh, front as well.
0: So I work for a Carlo company, as you know, um, uh, Brian. Uh, we're probably listed already with lovecarlo.ie. If we're not, how do I go about it?
1: Uh, very straightforward. The old website is still up there at the moment and there's a link on that. You just click on that link and it will take you into a survey, a registration survey, which you complete your data because the key thing is that when businesses register, they're responsible for the data on it. So we want them to put in a bit about their business. You want to give a blurb, give that elevator pitch. What is your business? Where is it? What do they do? You know, attaching your logo, attaching your contact details is so important. You know, whether it's a website, email, telephone number, you know, even postal address. Mm people still write letters, and it's very important. You'll want to remember that there's a lot of different ways for people to be able to find you. And once we get all that information in there, we'll be working uh, to pop it in. And at any stage, then people can come back to us and we can update information and that as well. But the key thing is to just register your information in there uh, because we're in the collection stage for all the registrations at the moment, and that'll be ramping up again over the next uh, week or two. Uh, we want to get as many in there as possible to have a good strength on it for the go live for the new site, which would hopefully be in the next three to four weeks anyway.
0: Fantastic. We're very much looking forward to to it, Brian. I know there are many benefits to being a Chamber member, um, obviously, for businesses. Do you have to be a Chamber me- member to register or to list your business on Love, Carlo? To, uh, to
1: register on the site? No, you don't. Um, this is totally open because we want, um, on, we have uh, an existing directory on the Chamber Commerce site which is uh, for all members of the chamber. Um, now, there is different functionality that will be on the Love Carlo and all of our members will be listed in there as well. Um, but we want to have every business, uh, every tradesperson, registered in the county because it will make it so much easier to be able to find mm-hmm. that product or that service locally. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's why it's so important that when they're writing that blurb, mm-hmm. that description for their business, that they put in a couple of key phrases which signal and identify what they do and what makes them unique is so important
0: you're doing great work in carlo chamber uh brian how are you yourself how are things and how are you managing with this strange strange existence we have now
1: oh you know it's like everything you've got to learn to adapt um and change to it um, you know it's been interesting it's great you know working from home is great but then it's also good to escape to the office every now and then yeah. Um, you know and I think I've been talking to some people and I'm probably like most people in Ireland uh, at the moment I think my setup at home my home office is nearly better than my than in the office because of the fact I'm simply spending more time there mm. Um the one big thing is that you know um and I know we've been saying it for years, the Monday to Friday, nine to five, just been gone. I, I don't even know if it ever really existed. Yep. Um, but, you know, when you're balancing, uh, dealing with different companies on exports to help them through it, to challenge the pandemic, to reopening and when vaccines are going to be available. Uh, and then in between that, you've got to do some child minding duties. And, yes. Uh, well, I suppose you can't really call it child minding when they're my own boys. You know, <laughs> you're, you're trying to work with them in different ways. Yeah. I think it was like, uh, yesterday, I finished a horde of meetings, had a sandwich, mm-hmm. went pony riding for a half an hour with the two boys, brought them out. And then I was back into another host of meetings and webinars again for the afternoon. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, so it's it's great. And it's so important to have those other outlets as well to be able to step away because it's the one thing that, you know, people are missing a lot of the normal outlets um, that they would normally have. Mm. Um, but the one important thing, that, you know, I, I see that we have in the chamber is we've got a lot of strength in the network um, between members. And that's where it's been key because I know I've been able to reach out to a lot of members and you know members have been coming back and contacting me for different stuff. And having that, uh, I suppose, space that you can bounce ideas, you can just even have a chat with somebody on, that's what really makes a difference and helps people through.
0: Brian uh, O'Farrell, CEO of Carlo Chamber, thanks very much for being our guest on the show today.
1: Thank you very much, Con. Appreciate
0: it. Uh, That's Brian O'Farrell, our guest uh, today on The Lock-In Podcast. Uh, It's our show about how we live now. Sometimes it's about business. Uh, It's not our business podcast. Uh, That's a separate one entirely, which we call The Black Knight Podcast. And uh, we're now doing that monthly. You can find that at blacknightblog forward slash podcast. This show uh, is also hosted on the Black Knight blog, but with a nice handy uh, domain name uh, that you can use to uh, access it. That's thelockin.ie, thelockin, all one word, .ie. We're on audio, we're on video, we're on all the major platforms, and uh, we've uh, extended our break just a little bit since the last episode, uh, but we are installing new studio equipment here at uh, Black Knight HQ, well, in my home office. And, uh, in fact, I've had a request uh, from uh, one viewer uh, to find out more about the equipment we're using. So we may even do a special edition or podcast about that. So the schedule going forward is going to be an episode of this show every two weeks, uh, usually on a Wednesday. Uh, but from time to time, we may uh, change that and uh, have it on a Thursday or a Friday instead. Good evening, everyone. Sláin go fóill and live.